0: Carlson, and you're listening to the Bluegrass Sports Performance Podcast. Today, we are talking with Coach Andrew Hackney, the strength and conditioning coach at Ballard High School. Coach, how are we doing today? Hey, doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. So, Coach, before we uh, really get into it, share uh, with our listeners a little bit about your background, where you're from, kind of how you got to where you are today.
1: Sure. Um, So, I guess to start off, I grew up uh, outside Atlanta, um, Gwinnett County, um, which is a pretty large school district, um, about 150,000 students. So I think it's like the ninth or 10th largest in the, in the U S but, um, and athletics were a big part of, uh, the success down there with the academics as well. But, um, really growing up played kind of every sport you could think of, um, you know, from soccer, basketball, baseball, um, kind of d- ran the whole gamut of things. And then I think like most people, when I got to high school, um, you know, had to start kind of picking some things to, to, um, focus on. So football was huge in the South still is. Um, so football was kind of my main sport and then, uh, decided to wrestle in the winter and then do track and field in the spring. So started throwing, um, discus and shot put for my high school team. Uh, so I was a, uh, offensive tackle about six foot, six foot one. Um, so as I progressed, didn't necessarily have a lot of like big time college offers, but, um, had a lot of success in the throwing events um, and ended up uh, getting a scholarship to Louisville. So that brought me up to Kentucky um, and then competed there for four years in the shot put disc hammer throw. Um, and as far as strength conditioning, our high school had um, in school weights. So we had all the football players were required to take it. Um, sophomore, junior, senior year, we ran a um, like the old school, bigger, stronger, faster like 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, 1, almost every week. Um, but the consistency, I think, was what made it effective. Um, you know, we focused on bench, squat, and clean, kind of the big three. Uh, and we're actually taught how to do those things. So, and then when I got to college, um, had an awesome strength coach, Eric Hammer, who um, runs the Norton Sports Performance here in Louisville. And uh, that's kind of where I probably um, really understood the other side of strength conditioning, especially as a, in a sport where everything's measured, um, you look, you can improve two ways by getting stronger or by improving your technique. So, um, for me, I was able to get stronger each year and each year, um, and stay injury free. So a lot of that was kind of attributed to how he ran his training. Um, and so kind of started to understand like how to taper, um, you know not just going going in the gym to one of the things we always say is like we're not working out for training um and so actually doing things with a purpose so uh graduated from uofl um with a health and pe certification and always liked lifting and training and um actually started out as a middle school health teacher in olden county um and I was kind of like a, a has been athlete, I guess I was like, you know, back in my day kind of thing and uh, um, was going to go to administrative route for uh, principalship, um, got my admin certificate and then moved into Jefferson County really to do administration. Um, and so while all this was happening, my wife was teaching um, at the middle school um, in, in Jefferson at a middle school in Jefferson County. And she was a I met her in college. She was she runs marathons and was a distance runner at U L um, and kind of got plugged into some people and they were like, Hey, we're wanting to start this strength program over at Ballard. Um, who are some people that'd be interested? And, uh, it was something that probably when I was in college, I would always say that was my dream job was to do high school strength conditioning, but it just didn't exist up here. Um, and so once I kind of laid my roots in Kentucky, um, it was a little disappointing to be like, man, there's, there's high schools aren't Um, investing in a full-time strength conditioning coach. So I I saw this as an opportunity um, and moved over there five years ago um, with a football class. And then this year is my first year. Uh, um, So once I heard they were starting that over at Ballard, um, it just seemed like it would be a good fit. Um, And then at the same time, we have a principal who, it was his vision to kind of create that program. So anytime you have an administration that's supporting what you're doing, um, it makes it that much easier, and it's really it's it's been really just a good fit. And we've um we've we've done a lot in the weight room. He we've invested a lot of funds. Uh, we're getting ready to go through a pretty major renovation here, um, but we still have a lot of the barriers that uh, you have to deal with in some of these larger school districts.
0: Yeah, you get, and you mentioned a lot of really interesting points, and I'll kind of want to backtrack, and I'll probably touch on a few of them here. So you were fortunate enough to be in a place outside of Atlanta, Georgia, where you did have a high school strength and conditioning program. So talk to us. I know you talked to us a little bit about the Bigger, Faster, Stronger, but what did that setup look like? Uh, you know, how big was your school and how did that start getting you down this path?
1: Yeah, so I, w- I went to Brookwood High School, um, which is like a six six or 7 A school, whatever the largest class is down there, um, with a very rich football tradition, uh, opened in the 80s and I don't think they had their first losing season until like 2015 or something. Um, Three head coaches in the last 30 years and uh, would would be identified as a football school. um, Definitely. But yeah, so we had a, our high school actually had three weight rooms. Um, We had about 3,400 students. So pretty large high school. Um, And we had a field house that was where the football locker rooms were coaches offices. And then That was the weight room for advanced weight training, um, which was pretty selective for just uh, football players. Um, Our school also had offered beginner's weight training and a female's fitness class, which were two other uh, weight rooms in the school that were a little bit smaller. Probably a little more comparable to what we're what we have in JCPS um, because we haven't done the field house option. Um, But so, yeah, down there. it was spread out six periods a day, 20 to 30 kids in each class. Uh, our offensive line coach was the was the weight training teacher, um, and we, he had us on just you know a year-long program, um, flat bench, incline bench, um, you know, a lot of testing. But just I think the biggest thing, and what I'm realizing now, is just the consistency of it. You know, we didn't do necessarily a lot of fancy things, but we were in a program where it wasn't just like um, training six weeks leading up to season. So that's a lot of things I'm seeing now, especially with your, um, non-football sports is they want to go and do like a six week training session, start their season. And then they don't touch the weight room again until six weeks before their, their next season. So, so that's something that I've kind of pushed here is it's like, let's build, let's be consistent over the long Um, then we don't have the pressure to, you know, have to, to do anything crazy, but just be, be good at being consistent. So
0: yeah, it's awesome to to hear and I, and I know we've talked about in other states south carolina georgia texas where there is a buy-in not just from just one school or one school district but seems like across the state it is a right. uh fairly well-known thing that the most schools have in school weight training they have right. multiple weight rooms so it's it's unique for somebody like you that's come from a place like that and i'm sure it's been eye-opening in many ways and now transitioning into JCPS, where there isn't really anything. Because hey, to my knowledge, is there another strength and conditioning coach like you at the public school system? I know that we've got St. X, Trinity, few things like that, but I don't have a big knowledge base to know that there's a ton going on in Jefferson County. Is that fair to say?
1: Um, there- <sighs> I don't want to say that nothing is happening because I just don't know. Like, you know, I don't want to be ignorant and be like, we're not, you know, we're doing something nobody else is. I mean, I know some of the other schools offer in-school weights. Um, I don't think it's structured in the way that we have. Um, Like this year we have, it's a sophomore through senior class. I'll get into that a little bit later, but um, basically sophomores through seniors, we probably have 95% of the football players. We've got all the, all the basketball players, um, and then kind of a handful of the other sports, but, um, yeah, I know, I know some other schools in our area and some successful schools, they'll have like one period of weights. Um, and it's just kind of a mix, but we've tried to be very intentional. And one thing I've tried to be intentional of, um, which may be a little different. This is probably more of my track background is kind of taking it out of being like the football weight room and it's the sports weight room um and so we we went away from having a one class of the entire football team in there and we've split our football team over uh, two periods so my sixth and seventh period of the day are really heavy almost every kid in there is an athlete at some level um and and honestly my goal is probably to to try to build like a advanced or an elite class where you kind of have a lot of your top athletes um in that last period of the day just because that's where the kids wanna be and they don't have to go back to class all sweaty and that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's, it's different, different facilities, different, you know, just speaking back to Georgia, like we had, um, we had locker rooms, we had showers. So, I mean, we're showering after practice, we're showering in between classes. Um, we just don't have those facilities in, in Jefferson County um, to, to make it that accessible for kids.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's good too, to see, so you've got this background coming from Georgia uh, and i came from the college sector so it was a little bit different going down to the high school sector is we can have the ideal model and we can see hey this is where we want to go and this is what we're working towards but working within the confines of what you have right now right? And, right and i was fortunate enough to come up to uh up to ballard when you guys hosted family day uh i guess it's almost a, been a year now uh yeah yeah so and and you guys have how many people? And this will start getting us into our conversation about Ballard itself. But how many people go to Ballard? Uh,
1: typically, about two thousand. We're at about twenty-two hundred this year.
0: Yeah, twenty-two hundred. And then, so and then, your weight room right now is about how many square feet?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know the exact square foot off the top of my head, but uh, it's we we have in right uh, in there right now. We have twelve racks. So twelve racks. On. Um,
0: that that could get that could get tight quick, especially if you start gets, putting putting people in there. There's 2,000 kids. I'm only dealing with 770 at my school, and it already starts right.
1: Coming. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely do things based on our population, obviously. So
0: yeah, yeah. There's no question. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about uh, kind of Ballard setup in itself, because again, I think and the unique part about all of the conversations I've had with these with coaches is that every place is different and that then ends up impacting how we think about programming there's an ideal way to program and there if if we could live in that ideal world that'd be great but that's not the case Uh, so talk to us just about ballard itself and then we'll start going down the rabbit hole of your strength conditioning program
1: all right so i'm going to go ahead and share um my screen although right here it says host disabled attendees share screen let me try this now okay you see that
0: yeah i got you
1: all right so uh like i said a little bit about ballard Uh, about two thousand students typically we're at we're closer to 2200 this year um you know traditionally has been ranked as um one of the higher achiever uh higher achieving schools in Jefferson County for sure, but even across the state. Um that's the one thing that makes it unique is that um you know Jefferson County has a certain uh aura, I guess, or people hear things about it. Um and even me living you know, teaching out Oldham County, um totally different school district. Um it's easy to to kind of make assumptions about things, but we have some awesome kids at our school. And um, and for the most part, uh, it's it's an awesome place to work. I mean, I've, I've loved going to school there and stuff. So it's um, it's been great. But uh, diversity wise, 55 percent white, 30 percent African-American, Hispanic and then free and reduced lunch. Um, and the one thing that's interesting about JCPS is that every kid in the district gets free breakfast and lunch. Um, and so the foods, you know, there is food available. I mean, you could talk about school lunch nutrition. That's a totally different topic that you could go on about but um they do have access uh, for all the kids so uh, we're on a seven period day i have five weight training classes um, two girls and three boys classes and then i do teach a special ed um, pe class um so this is our first year with with two girls classes um which has been interesting and that's really uh i guess changed in terms of like buy-in um this year, our girls have really taken it up to another level, and a lot of it has to do with um, working with the counselors to being intentional about which kids are signing up for the class. And I think we've kind of laid that foundation of um, expectations in our class, and you know, dressing out is required, participation is required, you know, filling out we use Team Builder, filling out Team Builder app is required, um, and so we don't have kids joining the class that are just joining it to try to find an easy class. Um, So our weight room growth, um, this is just how many kids we run through our program. Um, My classes are typically capped at 50. I've got a period of 60 right now. Um, So just when I first got there in 2018, we had our two classes and it was probably less than 100, um, but we've gone up to about 250 students being serviced um, coming through the weight room 10th through 12th grade. So um, but with that being said, we had I get a sheet in the spring and we had. About 350 uh, students actually sign up for the course and so that's one of the reasons why we continue to grow it and add sections is because every year we get more and more kids um, to sign up and a lot of that comes through conversations with coaches um, you know explaining to them showing them what we're doing in the weight room and then they basically are, are communicating to their kids like hey we want y'all to be in there um that was huge for basketball it's been huge for baseball soccer has had a big push this year um getting those kids in there
0: so before we go on a little bit further is so and and talk to us about that a little bit more, because I think this is a big point that when when people get into the high school realm, they don't realize the collaboration that needs to happen for for this to work. Right. Coaches are one. Right. And you already mentioned and I'd like you to maybe expand upon it a little bit more if you can. But the the relationships that you've built with maybe the school counselors, the administration, because those are huge components to be able to get your class going in the right direction. They, they've got to be on board and see the vision, the same vision that you do.
1: Right. Um, I think it, it obviously starts with administration, um, with our principal talking to him and having conversations with him about how we are tracking data, um, how we're looking at data, explaining the system that we're using to him. Um, one of the things that we're going to get into in the next couple of years with our um, renovations, bring in some of the velocity monitors and we've talked about uh, collaborating with other, with other teachers, Um, some people in our STEM department to do action research projects where they'll have kids actually come in and analyze bar path um, uh, velocity and those types of things and try to give feedback to the athletes lifting. So um, just things like that add um, probably validity to your class. Um, And it's, it's an easier selling point, I think. So anytime you can collaborate with other teachers and not just be like, hey, we're just in here lifting weights and we're just doing it for the football team. So um, doing it across the board. And then in terms of like counselors, uh, you know, understanding that and it's really with everybody, but just having that open mindset of like they're not going to do everything that you want. But if you can get 80 percent, um, that's going to go a long way. You know, I can't give them a list of all the kids that I want and be like, these are the kids that are going to be in my class. And if they're not, then I'm going to throw a hissy fit about it. But Um, they're going to be way more open to helping you. Um, if you kind of understand that sometimes, you know, your numbers might be high or sometimes it may not be exactly what you want. Um, and that's kind of the the route that I've taken with it. And we've had a pretty good, um, had a pretty good turnout with things. Uh, and like I said, it just, it just helps when you have people in those positions that understand, um, that understand the importance of your class. One of our counselors had a son that, or has a son that played uh, high school baseball. And, you know, she's like, Oh, I understand, you know, why it's important to have these kids in the weight room and not just anyone who signs up and those types of things. So, um, and then, yeah, as far as coaches um, I think it's a lot of it's word of mouth. Um, social media is huge. And that's one of the reasons I, you know, I tell the kids I like putting things out on social media uh, for your coaches to see for college coaches to see and really just for their peers. Um, because, you know, these kids do work hard and there's a lot of things that they do that go unnoticed and the, the more exposure that you can give them, I think the more buy-in, the more buy-in that you get. Um, and then, like I said, having those conversations with coaches, um, one of the things that I love, uh, I think it was, uh, Mark Hoover. I think he's the guy out of South Carolina. He's got like his five pillars. Um, I I just I steal stuff from everybody so I mean I think that's what we talked about before coming on here is just kind of picking up from other coaches but I mean you could touch on our program and I could tell you just kind of pulling stuff from everybody but like his first pillar was like do no harm and so when you approach the coaches and you're like hey my first thing is like I don't we're not going to harm your kids like we're not going to put them in a position that's unsafe Um, and I even have to tell the kids that sometimes you know if it's an exercise they want to go heavy on or they want to, you know, add weight. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm not training you to try to be a power lifter. We're trying to improve your sport. So I'm not necessarily worried about you hitting this number on a back squat or you hitting this number on a, on a bench press if it's going to put you at, at a greater risk. Like we can, we can accomplish that same goal with other exercises. So, you know, I think just kind of being open-minded about those types of things um, and being transparent with those coaches and administrators, like they can understand that and respect that. And, and then it's just kind of uh, you kind of get the ball rolling downhill there. Um, and then obviously for things like football, football is our cornerstone sport pretty much because it's, it's the largest group of kids. It's, it's just, um, you know, sharing with them, you know, what we do, why we do it. And then with our football coaches, it's, it's showing progress and giving them the data and just being like, hey, look, this kid has done this or you know, sending a text message during class. Hey, you check this out. Uh, your linebacker just did this. So, because um, it takes a huge uh, portion of time off of their plate, um, which I know they appreciate.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of those things that we uh, as strength and conditioning coaches can continue to add to their to to their team. Right. I, I think a lot of the times, right. especially in smaller county schools, they want to put the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. And if they're qualified, it's absolutely great, good for them to, to be able to do it. But I think it does take a lot off of those coaches to be able to free themselves up to be able to do football, which is what they truly love, just like we truly love to be in the weight room and working with their kids. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so go, sorry, I, I know I took us off.
1: No, oh, you're fine. I was um, – so I think what I have here – okay, so this is um, – At least with the slides I'm sharing, these are some pictures of our weight room, um, and just some of the changes that we've made. Um, I think when we had, I don't know if we had this wall up last year with the family. Yeah,
0: last year there was a wall there, so that's you guys. Yeah, so we still had a
1: wall up. We had some low-hanging birdcage lights that have been um, replaced. Um, We finally got some speakers up, and we have uh, some some of the screens that are mounted up to the walls. Um, So in the past. well, I'll jump into programming in a little bit. That's be a little too quick to do. But um, yeah, so we have six, six half racks on one side of the weight room. And then looking at the other side, we have another six half racks. Um, another image we've added, you know, things like plow boxes and um, a lot of the weights and dumbbells and med balls have been new this year. Um, and then we use Team Builder. You know, Team Builder has been huge for us, especially with the large numbers. kind of flip through these but yeah so I mean it's a decent amount of space um, but when you get 60 kids in there you know you can't necessarily have everybody in a rack at the same time Um, we don't necessarily have the space or equipment to do that Um, in terms of like we we inherited we had 12 racks with 12 benches but like four of them weren't even safe for kids to use Um, so that's when I kind of like you know, them together and found six quality benches for us to use. Um, and then same thing kind of with bars. And that's looking across both sides. Yeah, that's awesome that you guys
0: were able to get that again, that that wall down to be able to, again, it doesn't, you would think a wall doesn't do much, but just to open up that space a little bit, and I, you know, I haven't seen it in a, in a year now, but that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, and we've had a lot of other challenges kind of Jefferson, Jefferson County wise, like, um half of our weight room the one one side is was the actual was an actual room at some point and then i think some previous coaches came in and they busted down half a wall and laid some concrete and um just things as little as just like getting good airflow down there i mean you'd be surprised just the we've got an old building i think ballard just celebrate we just celebrated our 50th year um a couple years ago so uh trying to trying to put a weight room in, the, in a room that wasn't necessarily designed to be one has definitely had some obstacles. I can imagine, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great. Again, great to see the development and continued progress. And again, a lot of that comes from you, but also comes from the administration being able to help you guys out, which is great. Uh, so as as we look at this weight room and just just help our listeners kind of understand it a little bit. So when you guys get your kids to come in uh do they have locker rooms to be able to change into then they come over to you all in the weight room how far or close are those all those
1: types of things so we have we have uh locker rooms in two different locations um outside of this room um outside of this room there's a hallway and there's the football locker rooms that are down there and then down the hallway and upstairs there's another hallway and that's where there's like four other locker rooms so yeah typically um That's the one nice thing about having a lot of the football players uh, towards the end of the day. They have those locker rooms that are accessible. Um, But basically when the bell rings, I meet most of the kids up in the hallway um, and I'll open up whatever locker room we're using for that class period, allow the kids to change. And then they're going down to the weight room uh, um, and then through Team Builder on on one of the screens. That's one of the touch panels. They have an attendant sign in. So they just tap their name uh, and it checks them in for the day. And then on the other screen, um, that's the workout of the day. And at this point, they know what they're doing each day because our, we're still doing the same workout we started the school year with, pretty much. Um, but a lot of our kids will go ahead and get into some type of warm up, um, some type of movement. Um, but you know how high school kids are; it's it's like herding cats sometimes. So it's uh, <laughs> once we get them all in there, we start. We'll start. Um, we'll start a warm up um, together. So we just do. You can kind of see. We kind of have some uh, paths across the weight room. We get into five, six lines, and we just go through um, forward jog. Uh, they they jog and walk back, jog and walk back, high knees, um, and then we do elbow to insteps. And then if we're squatting that day, we do we spread out and do some hip mobility. And if we're benching that day, we step out and do some shoulder mobility. So it takes about maybe three minutes, and then we um, we split up and get into our workout. Nice, that's awesome. So you got
0: you guys, if I remember correctly, you said you had seven periods. So how many? How long is each period for you all then?
1: So we have 50, we have fifty minute classes. Okay, yeah.
0: so if we're coming from a class, we've got to get to the locker room, change. You got to imagine part of that's going to bleed over into class. So and then we got to warm up. So we're looking at roughly. Sorry, I may be jumping ahead on you a little bit. No, you're fine. Uh, what are we looking at roughly time wise from? Ah, oh, there we
1: go. So you got it all down. <laughs> you know it.
0: This is how you know, you know your yeah. yeah. conditioning coaches because they've already
1: got it. So, well, I'll back up first. This is my saving grace right here. This is one of the first purchases I made for our weight room. Um, and there's a bunch of different times. The only reason I ended up buying this one is I just remember being in college and we had the timing system and it was with a remote. And we spent like half a workout because the strength coach was trying to figure out how to program the clock the right time. Yeah. And then the other the other time it was like no one could find the remote or the batteries were dead. So um Gym Next, I've had it for three or four years now. It is awesome. Um you can buy it on Amazon, buy it from their website. Um, but there's no remote, it's an app. So it connects through your phone. Um and then these are just some screenshots. You can actually build your workout through your phone. You can have different timers. Um, so we run on a, on a timing system, the same timing system, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday, uh, we finish, uh, with what we just call flex Friday, which is a bunch of bicep curls. But, uh, so, so all of our working sets are a little bit shorter. So instead of 3:30, I think they're three minutes. Um, but once that starts, um, yeah, this is kind of what our class looks like. Obviously it, it changes a little bit, but, um, I give, you know, five minutes locker room and then attendance announcements and we go through our warm up. And then the first two minutes of us starting after finishing our warm up, um, that's where kids are getting their warm up sets in. They're checking team builder to see what their history was, to see what weights they need to get out to get ready to get started. And then we go by a set by set interval. So we do four sets um, on all of our lifts and then we rotate. Um, We run two blocks, a block and a B block. And so the kids that start on A block will rotate to B block and vice versa. Awesome. So that's, kind yeah, of an- no, that's great.
0: And I, I think this, again, as I've had an opportunity to uh, talk to more coaches, again, coming from the college sector, I remember it was like, we got 45 minutes, it's three days a week, and it's going to be the weight room just to ourselves. You start getting into the high school realm, you're like, holy crap. I'm, again, hurting yeah. cats. And then I've also got to figure out how to just condense this down, warm up, all that type of stuff. You know, I'm not just I'm not just lifting for 45 minutes, or just doing speed and agility for 45 minutes. I am trying to condense this and then get them out to the locker room, shower, and get them out. So I, it's great to see a lot of the similarities between between that. So again, sorry, I, I know I'm taking us off track a little bit, but that's awesome. Uh, team Builder, I think, is one of the things that you mentioned there that I think would be important, maybe for some of our listeners who haven't used it before. Uh, just Mm -hmm. to kind of have them, uh, kind of give the brief overview of how you use it. Again, it's a tool and I think it it can be, if used well, it can really be, it can be really a powerful tool almost as a kind of a second coach helping collect weights. But let, tell us how you use it and, and, and how it's been beneficial for you.
1: Yeah. So, um, the one thing I will say of team builder, if I was in a situation where I had 15 to 20 kids in a class i don't know if i would necessarily use it it's definitely something that helps with larger numbers um where i'd have 50 to 60 kids because if you imagine just trying to print cards and stay organized a lot of stuff i've done it it's we've done color coding we've done all those things it's it's just been a huge uh time saver but yeah i use team builder um for attendance like i said the kids they'll check in um, on the screen um, for them to get their workout. Uh, suggested weight is huge. So, um, we basically, we go off of what can you do this amount of weight? And then the next week you need to be at where you're at last week. And if it's easy, you go up five pounds on each side. That's kind of, kind of how we stack the days. Um, I do put percentages in there off of like a relative intensity chart, but I just do it for the first set and it's just a suggested weight. So, some of our kids don't necessarily know like, what should I be doing for four reps? Well, if we're at, you know, 80%, um, It's going to track their max for them and give them at least a rough estimate. So sometimes that's off. Sometimes it's, it's uh, normally it's, it's a pretty good number and they're at least there for their first set. Um, Data tracking is huge. And then um, the accountability and ownership. So a third of our grade comes from the kids just putting weight in team Builder. So they're required to to input their weights. And then I run a completion report um, and that's a third of their grade, whether or not they, they have to hit like a 75% threshold on entering all their lifts. Um, and then they, you know, just the things like leaderboards, um, the TV, the, they have the thing called TV mode where they share PRs, but, you know, running leaderboards is just another thing you put out on social media or share with the kids, um, especially when they're across different classes, you know, they want to know, um, you know, a kid jumps 35 on the jump mat. It's like, is that the highest in the school? And they're like, no, this kid did the, oh, I know him. You know, so it just, it starts conversations, um. And so, yeah, it's just another it's another tool um, it doesn't replace anything. It just I think, you know, I've always believed, you know, technology, technology is a tool that enhances learning, Rather, whether you're in the weight room, or whether you're in the math classroom, whatever, it doesn't replace what you're doing. So um, we try to look at it from that standpoint. And, then, you know, this is this will be our second year with Team Builder. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool.
0: That's cool. I talked to me a little bit about this, too, because i this is something, again, adjustment on my end is. I never had to do grades before. Now I have to do grades as a high school training conditioning coach, right? And that's a weird thing to try to grade. It's it's something that's yeah. it's not turning in an assignment. So you said third of their grade is going to be that they've got to complete 75% or input 75% of their work. Right, into right. And I've used team builder before. Kudos to you for doing the 75% because I initially I remember looking at it and going, they should be able to enter 100% of their time. Sometimes team builder <laughs> doesn't save. Sometimes things. So talk to us why the 75%, maybe threshold. And then what are the other thirds of their grades that they get there?
1: Right. Um, so in the past I've kind of done the same thing. I've been like, all right, well, if you're 80 to a hundred, you get a 90, if you're 60 to 80, you get an 80. So I basically, uh, have it tiered where they're 75% or above. Um, they get a hundred for that grade. And then, um, Fifty to seventy-five percent, they get an eighty, and and then below that's a fifty percent. It's just a U, pretty much, but it doesn't necessarily completely tank them. But um, uh, it, it's just after the first two weeks, and I think that was the problem I had last year was we kind of uh, started team builder in September, October, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't explain the expectations as well, and we didn't necessarily have that. But yeah, after these kids start getting you know fifties and things on their on their grades, they're like, oh, I actually have to fill this thing out, and mm-hmm. You know, some kids are going to are going to bluff on that stuff and they're not going to put in the right weight or they're just going to put in the suggested weight. And those things happen. But um, the ones that the ones that are that, um, you know, that do do it and follow it. I mean, it's it's a great tool for them. So. Um, so, yeah, that's a third of their grade. And then the other the other part is just participation. So Jefferson County, we have to have two tiers to our grade book. They call it progressing and Mastery. Um, so the other one is participating. So I put grades in every two weeks. Um, that's 10 calendar days. So it's 100 points. So if you uh, don't lift on a day or you opt out or you just say you don't feel like it, I, I tell the kids, I'm like, that's fine. It's just it's 10 points a day. So if you're fine with you know, use this as your off day and, and not lift, just know that, you know, your participation grade will be a 90 for this two week block. So um, and it's nice for me because I'm not every weekend pulling team builder reports and those types of things. Yeah.
0: Um, that's great. Yeah, that's one of those things. I think it's important that uh, the high school strength coach realize whatever you give grades to is what the kids are going to find important. Right. Right? And I, I yeah. we just, I, I just made a change. I, I give kids three points a day. One is for dressing out. The other is for their attitude and effort. And their other, to, the other is being on time. And right. I, I was finding at the end of the workout, I was getting frustrated because they weren't cleaning up the rack. I didn't make yeah. it a clear expectation to them that that is important and needs to be done. So we've added a fourth point this week and man, I'll tell you what, the weight room spotless ready to yeah, well, at the end of it.
1: We had that, we had that with tardies. It was like, if you're tardy, the five points is the most you can get for that day. So you're five points off for the week, you know, five points off for the block and that it, yeah. it, it, it fixes most of the problems. Like we, we necessarily don't have um, issues with that. So. That's awesome.
0: Awesome. So, okay. So now we, as we, you know, we've got the format of how you're going to program. What is, what is kind of a, a a a thousand foot overview when you start looking at your days what does that start looking like for you um as we go as we go along here
1: yeah so i guess i'll i'll explain how i got to this point um so the first thing i did when i came over to ballard was i was like who knows this stuff and who's done a good job of it and so um basically went down a rabbit hole and ended up shooting off an email to uh kevin vanderbush up at ben davis and went up and and shadowed him which i know a ton of people have um and basically started with ran his system at ballard um which if i don't know if you're familiar with what kind of how he does his thing um he has uh an upper body day and a lower body day and uh he runs five stations for seven minutes and it's you know five upper body stations. And the next day is five lower body stations. So, um, and he just, he has the timer and it's like seven minutes and then rotate seven minutes and rotate seven minutes and rotate. rotate. So I tried, I tried that we had, we had pretty good success with it, but the issue that I ran into was things like the bench press and the squat. You're only, you know, the kids were only having seven minutes to do those exercises. And I felt like we just really weren't valuing those the way that I thought that we should be valuing them and definitely weren't tracking them the way that we, that I want to be tracking them because we had them filling out paper cards and doing those types of things. And, um, it was just, there were a lot of challenges involved there. So, um, the other thing is he has a huge, a huge facility, a huge weight room for kids to spread out. Um, and a lot of times he had some uh, assistant coaches in there kind of helping out, which is huge just for the accountability from the accountability standpoint. So, um, I kind of transitioned, um, to try to find a way to get kids in the racks longer, and so that's where we went to like the A block and the B block. So now um, four sets of three and a half minutes. They're at 14 minutes plus a two minute warm up. So they have 16 minutes um, to squat on Monday, 16 minutes to bench on Tuesday to do, and then to do some type of uh, deadlift or clean on Thursday. But um, the other thing that we've done this year and I've gotten away from split programming. I've been pretty happy with it. It's just kind of looking at like the Joe Ken, like tier, tier method. And I think Toronto does that over at St. X too. Um, we run a very watered down version of that, I would say. Um, but Monday, uh, Monday's our leg day. Uh, we do lower upper total. So whatever the main primary lift is, that's going to be our a block. And then, We'll do accessory work on the other two with, with our B block. Um, so Monday, we we switched to Monday squats this year, um, just because I noticed that most of our kids were pretty refreshed and felt good on Monday because they had they'd actually gotten sleep over the weekend. And Tuesday was like my hardest day, and that's when we needed a squat and kids were tired and they'd stayed up late and you know kind of back to the reality of school. So we made so we switched and we went to lower body Monday. And then Tuesday is kind of our big bench day. Um, So we're doing an upper body there and then we'll do some accessory work for uh, total and lower. So we will do like um, hex bar jumps and then either like some hamstring work or some band work um, for lower body. Um, Wednesday. We call fill the gaps. And so this is basically any time early in the year, it's a lot of safety things, but it's basically any time anything I feel like I need to teach to the entire class. But I don't want to take time during the workout. And that's something that um, I noticed was happening was there were things I wanted to talk to the kids about. But I'm like, I really don't want to you know take away from our, our work time today. So we've been intentional about, hey, Wednesday is going to be our time where, um, you know, we'll spend 15 20 minutes on on clean technique we'll spend 15 20 minutes on you know a lot of people aren't aren't um dumbbell incline benching the right way so this is these are the things we need to make sure we're doing we spend a whole day on you know bench press grip and where your forearm should be and things like that and then typically um uh, or we'll do like yoga on those days um which they the kids did not like right away and now they're like begging for yoga they're like we love this um so it's been Finding the right yoga video if you're going to do it with your kids is definitely huge, Um, a lot of like hip movement and those types of things, at least with our kids that's a deficiency. And then it's a data, it's a data day so about once a month. um, I'll put out a Google sheet where they have to go into their team builder and they actually have to, you know, like analyze their trend lines and be, you know, I ask them things like is your bench press improving declining or staying the same, you know what does this tell you? Um, so that gives them some accountability. So now they're going back on their team builder and they're like, Oh, it's actually important when I put in. Um, so that's kind of been our Wednesday. And then Thursday is our uh, total lower upper day. Um, so we power clean. Um, I'm a big, I know there's a lot of stuff with social media. People are kind of divided on that. I like power cleans. Um, I've uh, I feel like I can teach them. Well, um, I, I, I still do those. I'm, you know, went through the USA weightlifting certification with cleans planning on doing some master's competitions in the next year or two. Um, and you know, the kid, a lot of our kids like it. So, uh, i in my, you know, a lot of people will talk about the injury and risk of injury. And, you know, I've had more injuries on like hex bar deadlift where kids will load up the weight without me seeing and like put too much weight on and, and do something stupid. So, um, so, Thursday is our clean day. It's a good, I like it as a good primer also for our football players because we're not, not, not so doing anything too heavy, but really kind of, um, you know, getting the nervous system, those types of things ready. And then uh, Friday is kind of our secondary lift. So, we'll do like a lot of single leg squats, we'll do um, uh, our incline bench press, things like that. Our, you know, our football players in season right now. Um, they'll go, they'll go through like a, a dumbbell bench and some pull-ups and then they, they don't do the single leg squats. They've got some mobility work that they do. And then we finish with, um, uh, everybody basically grabs a band and we get a nice little pump and five sets of 20 on, on bicep curls and kids walking the hallways flexing. So it's a good way for us to, to end the Fridays. Um, but that's pretty much what our, what our program looks like, um, in terms of reps, let's see if I put this in here. Um, Okay. So, yeah, our main movements that we track, um, squat, bench press and clean um, and then vertical jump. So we vertically we do vertical jumps every Thursday in between in between their power cleans. Um, they'll have a set of power cleans and a, a vertical jump on the jump mat to get and they have to record that. And then um, those are just some of the accessory movements we do. I'm a big, big pull up guy. I like doing the pull ups. I think uh, the girls, it's been really cool to see them like set those goals of like trying to do a pull up with our guys. Um, we do a lot of weighted pull-ups. We traditionally don't go over like five or six reps. Um, we just finished, uh, some eccentric pull-ups here at the beginning of the weeks. And then we'll box jump, single leg squat, um, band walks, you know, hamstring curl, band pushdowns, planks, med ball slams. And we pretty much everything you're seeing on the screen here is, is about what we get in throughout the week. Um, one of the reasons I like the tier program is, when I ran the split level program, the issue that I had was, you know, if you had um, a kid that missed your Monday and that was your squat day. Well, if you're not doing any, you know, leg work again until Thursday, I mean, they're missing, you know, optimal training time. Um, where if we're if we're touching the legs a little bit and they miss the day before, their legs might feel better. They might go heavier, things like that. So um, I've been pretty happy with it. Plus. A lot of times if it's like, Hey, it's leg day, you know, the, you can just tell like the presence in the room's a little different because now they're like, Oh, it's leg day. Or if a kid's hurt, they're like, I can't do anything. I got a hurt knee. It's like, well, we still have these upper body movements that you can do. So um, the kids have been receptive to it. And I think as long as things are spread out the right way um, and they, you know, they have enough rest. I mean, we're not doing like back-to-back presses on things.
0: Well, and it, it, it's good to see too, when, when you look through what you have on there and also your your kind of weekly general overview is um, there's a little give and take, right? Like that you're you're thinking about Flex Friday, for example, is a great one. I do the same thing. We have a similar thing on a Thursday, where we do where we do that and we allow the kids because they really like bicep yeah. girls, especially our our, our males, they uh, they just love them. I mean, it makes you the. I was talking to Coach Tarans over at Saint X. He said. I didn't put bicep curls in for the first year that I was here. I put bicep curls in the second year, and I became the greatest strength and conditioning coach alive. you
1: know, like, you know, well,
0: if that's what it takes to create a little buy, and it's great, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's all about.
1: That's 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 kind of where I was with like box jumps. You know, box jumps was another one. I was kind of like, you know, 24 inch box. You know, it's like we're going to do a, we're going to do it this way and this way. And now it's like, you know what? What am I trying to really accomplish? I won't, I'm trying to get you to jump, and so. You know we're doing them consistent and you know every we've got the nice big um uh soft shell boxes it's like you know the kids want to put a, a little bit more on there and they're challenging themselves and they're actually trying to um to put forth the effort i mean obviously in a safe manner you know we have certain expectations like landing on the box with your entire foot and you know be able to stick the landing and stuff but um you know there's definitely there's definitely give and take so yeah, and
0: also, like, I, it's something I haven't ever considered. I, it, if we back up one screen here, if you're watching this, is I, what I enjoyed learning is I, I get in this same scenario where I've got four days where I'm like, we need to work really hard for four days. But then on the fifth day, it's almost like, okay, what do we do with them, right? I, to train them five days a week really hard, especially if they're playing sports after school, uh, playing on club teams, woof, yeah, it's a lot. They just come in dead. But I love I love what you've got here with the the fill in the gaps and the ability to um, either talk about technique work, do something with a jump mat, uh, go back and have them. I, again, I think the idea of analyzing where their numbers are is a great right. idea. It's something. It's something with Team Builder that you can definitely do. I'm I'm now sitting here going, okay, I track everything through Google Sheets. How could I potentially do that? Because I think that's a great idea. Cause then they have to start thinking about, okay, what, what am I doing on a day-to-day basis that's helping
1: out those numbers? Right. Which yeah. Is so I mean, strange. and then it's, yeah, it, it puts, it puts it back. Yeah. It puts it back on them. So, I mean, just with, with my numbers and with the number of kids, it's, it's, it, I've tried to do everything individualized and I just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to move to team builder. And once I did, I'm like, all right, I can still do these things. And it, it did make it, it made it nice.
0: Um, That's awesome.
1: Um, And then I guess the last thing on program, last thing really on programming is we run and these, these can change just based on the calendar, but we traditionally run nine week cycles. Um, I did the two weeks at 10, two weeks at eight, two, two weeks at what sixes, And then um, I think it's like five, three, one is what Vanderbush did at uh, Ben Davis. Um, And, you know, tens is a lot, especially for football players, like in season, like asking them to like back squat, 10 reps. I, I, for me personally, I think it is, I know like for my training, like four reps is cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do three weeks, uh, at eights. And I think it, it allows us enough time for them to actually figure out like what they can do comfortably eight times, but then also have time to improve instead of jumping to the next rep range too quick. um, and then three weeks at sixes and three weeks at threes. Um, And then we, we might test depending on how the calendar looks. We might just reset at eights. Um, I know with my football players, I'm planning on just keeping them at threes until the season's over. I'm not going to have them reset back to eight. Um, And then all of our Olympic lifts, like anytime we power clean, it's just half the reps. So, I mean, we do 4 we there'll be fours, threes, and twos pretty much is like our, um, is our clean progression. So we're not going to make kids do three sets, eight on power cleans.
0: So speaking speaking of, yes, that that would not be a good thing, but uh, speaking of that, how do you or do you differentiate your program? Because, again, if you're working with 60 kids, right, you said you might have a class of 60. How do you differentiate programming for those kids? Is there, you know, I've talked to some coaches that use a stoplight system where, you know, it's game day, you're not doing much, you know, one day out, you're doing something. But then you also could have a football player and a baseball player stand next to each other who are completely opposite season. So talk to us a little bit how that might fit into this general overview.
1: So for our football players, they um, they follow the workout, the program, and then they have a different Friday lift. Um, and I'll just verbally tell them that I used to – I have updated on team builder, but we're kind of at the point now where I'm just like, you're going to do the A block and then cut the B block out Um, with all of our other athletes like soccer, um, uh, who's in season right now golf, um, you know, they, they go off field hockey, you know, they're going off the stoplight system for the most part. So we've got that posted in the weight room, volleyball, same thing. Um, And we kind of tear it from there um, and just try to be smart about it. So and then in, in terms of programming all of our kids um you know all of our kids are on the same program you know i tell them um their experience in this class is their foundation you know and we talk about you know the the foundation being the most important you know part of a structure and strength conditioning is a lifelong sport you know it's a lifelong activity you know i'm 35 and and i'm having more fun lifting weights than i probably ever have um you know and i'm, I'm glad i had coaches in the past that that taught me how to do things safely um, and at the same time not have, you know, have to deal with major injuries. And so, you know, I think there's a foundation level of strength um, that it doesn't really matter so much what sport you're, you're dealing with. Cause I deal basically a hundred percent with the strength aspect of it. We just don't, we don't have the time or the resources to get in too much of the conditioning aspect. And a lot of their conditioning is done at practice. So, you know, I say their conditioning for their sport, playing the sport or at, or at practice. And then, um, you know, people are doing things in the private sector and those types of things. It's like, you know, that's, that's where if, if you want to do some more sports specific stuff, you can really, um, you can really accomplish those things. I mean, we're not, we're not doing like golf ball specific or golfing specific med ball throws. You know, we're just doing med ball slams because, um, with our population, that's going to be the easiest way to, to kind of do it consistently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I always try to think about it in terms of a, a, a kid and when when you've got – and I know that you've got younger kids. When they're younger, they, they don't need a whole whole big change in, in a sports-specific program. Just like a kid when they're first learning how to walk. They just need to learn how to walk first. That, that's right. Steps. And they're just – most of these kids, I, I'm sure it's in, for you as well, but I know for kids at Mercer that I work with, Usually freshman year, maybe eighth grade if we're lucky enough to see them because they play on the football team and we can get them in a little bit earlier. That's what they're going to do. They're le- learning the first couple of years of just how to walk, crawl, walk, do all of those things. And, yeah, just general strength training can be really advantageous for a lot of them. So uh, – okay. Yeah. What, uh, anything else that you would like to share, show us, um, this has been great so far. I really do appreciate you. Opening yeah. It, honestly. Um,
1: just some other kind of, I guess, beliefs. Um, so we fr- first, our first cycle, we front squat. So all, <laughs> all of our kids want to back squat right now. They're like, which I'm like, awesome. You're begging to back squat. Mm-hmm. Um, we front squat the first nine weeks of the school year. Um, I think it, it helps us reinforce teaching the clean, but it, it, immediately removes and it's one of the reasons i don't like deadlifting, especially first semester too is it, is it takes it takes a lot of the ego out of the weight room um because kids aren't walking around bragging about how much they well they are now but how much they can front squat yeah. um, but it's technique driven you know it's, it's it's safe if you fail you just dump the weight um, and our transition to back squatting has been so much better because if a kid learns how to front squat you put a bar on their back and you don't really have to teach them too much about a back squat where if you do it the other way, they're just frustrated and they're like, "I want to put more weight on the bar." Um, we had a lot of issues with our football players having low back injuries and low back tightness when we were back squatting in season. So really, that's what drove it. I was like, "Look, we'll just front squat in the season, and we'll still get, you know, we'll still get your legs going, double leg uh, front squat." And and we haven't had, we I we haven't had any kids come to me this year. It's like, "Oh, my back's killing me." So, um, and then we'll start back squatting second second cycle. Um, And then our biggest max, um, our biggest max is before spring break, just because with the demographics of my athletes, it's the biggest off season for a lot of them. Um, And it's our it's our most consistent training block. So when we get back from Christmas and it's like January 2nd, we basically get like, you know, eight to 12 weeks of uninterrupted training. Um, and so that's when we'll bring things in. Like I'll I'll just introduce into things like bands and like some overload training and some board presses and things like that. Um, because most of them, they we now know how to proficiently back squat and front squat. And now we're really looking at numbers. Um basketball is really the only sport that that misses that um just because they're in season. But most of the athletes I have are um fall and spring sports. And then it it it's a good tune up for you know softball and baseball and those kids right before their season starts. And then after spring break, it's just a, a hodgepodge of uh, testing days and out of the weight room and in the weight room and, you know, all types of crazy things. So, um, you know, you definitely have to do your program around the school calendar. You know, and I'll tell our football players is it's like now that the kids I had last year when they're looking at data, you know, they're like, oh, I, you know, my bench was higher you know, in the summer. And it's like, well, you're in season right now. So look at where your bench was last year at this time. And they in team builder, they can look back and go, oh, well, you know, I'm 40 pounds above that. So, um, and then I'm like, look at what you're, you know, you were at spring break. I had 40 pounds. That's a good goal for you to set this year. So, you know, we definitely structured around the school calendar, um, you know, and there's just, that's just another barrier that you have to deal with in the high school.
0: There's no question about that. And I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's something that Is oftentimes overlooked is you do have to consider those factors again not just not just what your setup is but also what uh, your setup in terms of the physical space but also what you're having to deal with uh with your calendar of the academic day and the academic calendar it's really important to see what that looks like um anything else that you would like to share with us as i I know we're we're pushing up on an hour here so i don't want to take too much of your time but i really do appreciate you kind of open it up and showing us what, what you've got here.
1: Um, I mean, no, not, not too much. I don't think at this point, I mean, you know, like I said, if, if you have large numbers, I'd encourage people to go, um, to go look into team builder. Um, you know, team builder has been, uh, has been awesome. Awesome for me, um, in terms of just tracking and those types of things. And then, um, it, it really, and one of the other things we didn't really talk about was just like, it's your ability to change things like on the fly. Yeah. Cause so like you'll set up the weight room and you'll print out all these cards and then you're like, crap, you know, I don't want to do a single leg dumbbell RDL because I'm now realizing no one knows how to do it. So mm-hmm. in team builder, you just open it up and switch it and, um, and it's good. So
0: do you, do you use phones for your kids? Do they just bring their own phone? They download it on there and then they, they
1: yeah. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah, so they're um, they bring um, they bring their phones. Um, this is where let's see, like in our administration, this is where we're headed uh, next year with that facility. Oh, awesome! Um, so we'll have racks coming in, double-sided half racks, and then let me scroll down. Um, get it? It's probably better to do the overview. So yeah, this is what we're looking at Um, down the road. um, It's been approved and everything, and we're working on getting these racks finalized, but hopefully um, by this summer, we'll have a weight room that looks similar to that. So um, we'll have iPads and all the racks. We have the iPads, and I'll I'll let the kids use them. Uh, Most of them use their phones, um, but the iPads seem to work a little bit better. But yeah, the majority of the kids input things on their phones. But ideally, we'll have um, an iPad on every rack. So we'll have 10 iPads and use them. Um, they have weight room view on Team Builder. You can have four kids' accounts pulled up at one time pretty easily. Um, and so that's 40 kids that would have their information up on um, up on iPads.
0: That's great. And so now that's the same physical setup that we saw in those other pictures, right? that you've already shared? That's
1: a, yeah, this is the same physical setup. So instead of racks going this way and... Mm-hmm. I guess over here in this corner, um, yeah, it's the same setup. So it'll it'll allow us to um, do the same thing with the A and the B block, um, but you know, just it, it's better for me. It'll be better viewpoints and lines and things like that in terms of being able to see all the kids at one time. So, well,
0: that's, that's great. And, Again, I, as much as we want to push it from uh, as strength and conditioning coaches to get to that point in every in every weight room. Uh, that's great that the administration has bought in to be able to get to help get you to that point. I mean, because we can only raise so much money as a strength and conditioning department. Uh, but that's right. great that they're backing you yeah, on.
1: Yeah, our our principal, they, yeah, <laughs> it's been nice. That, that's awesome.
0: All right, well, that's, uh, that's kind of where all my questions were from. Um, as we kind of wrap this up, tell listeners where they can reach, uh, either reach out to you or follow the work that you're doing at Ballard.
1: Uh, so the easiest way is probably um, is just just through Twitter. So my Twitter is at a Hackney57. So H-A-C-K-N-E-Y57, a Hackney57, and um, my email is too long to listen. but yeah, Twitter is probably the easiest way to to reach me or follow our program and um, check out those things. So that's awesome. Well, Coach,
0: again, thank you so much for for carving out an hour of your day. Yeah. Being able to sit down with us and do that.
1: No problem.